Part two, chapter two of a popular history of astronomy during the nineteenth century. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A popular history of astronomy during the nineteenth century by Agnes Mary Clark. Part two of chapter two. The distances, even of the few stars found to have measurable parallaxes, are on a scale entirely beyond the powers of the human mind to conceive. In the attempt to both realize them distinctly and to express them conveniently, a new unit of length, itself of bewildering magnitude, has originated. This is what we may call the light journey of one year. The subtle vibrations of the ether propagated on all sides from the surfaces of luminous bodies travel at the rate of 186,300 miles a second, or in round numbers, six billions of miles a year. Four and a third such measures are needed to span the abyss that separates us from the nearest fixed star. In other words, light takes four years and four months to reach the earth from Alpha Centauri. Yet Alpha Centauri lies some ten billions of miles nearer to us, so far as it is yet known, than any other member of the sidereal system. The determination of parallax leads, in the case of stars revolving in known orbits, to the determination of mass. For the distance from the Earth of the two bodies forming a binary system being ascertained, the seconds of arc apparently separating them from each other can be translated into millions of miles, and we only need to add a knowledge of their period to enable us, by an easy sum in proportion, to find their combined mass in the terms of that sun. Thus, since according to Dr. Dobrik's elements, the components of Alpha Centauri revolve around their common center of gravity at a mean distance nearly 25 times the radius of the Earth's orbit in a period of 88 years, the attractive force of the two together must be just twice the solar. We may gather some idea of their relations by placing in imagination a second luminary like our Sun in circulation between the orbits of Neptune and Uranus. But systems of still more majestic proportions are reduced by extreme remoteness to apparent insignificance. A double star of the fourth magnitude in Cassiopeia, Eta, to which a small parallax is ascribed on the authority of O. Struve, appears to be above eight times as massive as the central orb of our world while a much less conspicuous pair, 85 Pegasi, exerts, if the available data can be depended upon, no less than 13 times the solar gravitating power. Further, the actual rate of proper motions, so far as regards that part of them which is projected upon the sphere, can be ascertained for stars at known distance. The annual journey, for instance, of 61 Cygni, across the line of sight, amounts to 1,000, and that of Alpha Centauri to 446 millions of miles. A small star, numbered 1,830 in Grunberg's circumpolar catalogue, devours the way at the rate of at least 150 miles a second, a speed, in Newcomb's opinion, 
beyond the gravitating power of the entire sidereal system to control and mu cassiopeia possesses above two-thirds of that surprising velocity while for both objects radial movements of just sixty miles a second were disclosed by professor campbell's spectroscopic measurements herschel's conclusion as to the advance of the sun among the stars was not admitted as valid by the most eminent of his successors bessel maintained that there was absolutely no preponderating evidence in favor of its supposed direction toward a point in the constellation of hercules Biot, burckhardt and even herschel's own son shared his incredulity but the appearance of argelander's prize essay in eighteen thirty seven changed the aspect of the question herschel's first memorable solution in seventeen eighty three was based upon the motions of thirteen stars imperfectly known his second in eighteen o five upon those of no more than six argelander now obtained an entirely concordant result from the large number of three hundred and ninety determined with a scrupulous accuracy characteristic of bessel's work and his own the reality of the fact thus persistently disclosed could no longer be doubted it was confirmed five years later by the younger struve and still more strikingly in eighteen forty seven by galloway's investigations founded exclusively on the apparent displacements of the southern stars in eighteen fifty nine and eighteen sixty three sir george airy and mr duncan eighteen twenty one through eighteen ninety eight employing all the resources of modern science and commanding the wealth of material furnished by one thousand one hundred and sixty-seven proper motions carefully determined by bisner main reached conclusions closely similar to that indicated nearly eighty years previously by the first great sidereal astronomer which mr plummer's reinvestigation of the subject in eighteen eighty three served but slightly to modify yet astronomers were not satisfied dr hours of berlin completed in eighteen sixty six a splendid piece of work for which he received in eighteen eighty eight the gold medal of the royal astronomical society it consisted in reducing afresh with the aid of the most refined modern data bradley's original stars and comparing their places thus obtained for the year seventeen fifty five with those assigned to them from the observations made at greenwich after the lapse of ninety years in the interval as was to be anticipated most of them were found to have travelled over some small span of the heavens and there resulted a stock of nearly three thousand highly authentic proper motions these ample materials were turned to account by m ludwig struve for a discussion of the sun's motion of which the upshot was to shift its point of aim to the bordering region of the constellation of hercules and lyra and the more easterly position of the solar apex was fully confirmed by the experiments with variously assorted lists of stars of lewis boss of albany oscar stump of bonn fresh precautions of refinement were introduced into the treatment of the subject by riston part of karlsruhe by captain of groningen and newcomb and porter in america who ably availed themselves of the copious materials accumulated before the close of the century 
their results although not more closely accordant than those of their predecessors combined to show that the journey of our system is directed towards a point within a circle about ten degrees in the radius having the brilliant vega for its centre to determine its rate was a still more arduous problem. It involved the assumption, very much at discretion, of an average parallax for the stars investigated, and Otto Struve's estimate of 154 million miles as the span yearly traversed was hence wholly unreliable. Fortunately, however, as will be seen further on, a method of determining the sun's velocity independently of any knowledge of star distances has now become available. As might have been expected, speculation has not been idle regarding the purpose and goal of the strange voyage of discovery through space upon which our system is embarked, but altogether fruitlessly the variety of the conjectures hazarded in the matter is in itself a measure of their futility long ago before the construction of the heavens had as yet been made the subject of methodical inquiry kant was disposed to regard sirius as the central sun of the milky way while lambert surmised that the vast orion nebula might serve as the regulating power of a subordinate group including our sun Herschel threw out the hint that the great cluster in Hercules might prove to be the supreme seat of attractive force. Argelander placed his central body in the constellation Perseus. Fomalhaut, the brilliant of the southern fish, was set in the post of honor by Bugolowski of Breslau. Madler, who succeeded Struve at Dorpat in 1839, concluded from a more formal inquiry that the ruling power in the sidereal system resided not in any single prepondering mass but in the centre of gravity of the self-controlled revolving multitude in the former case as we know from the example of the planetary scheme the stellar motions would be most rapid near the centre and the latter they would become accelerated with remoteness from it Modler showed that no part of the heavens could be indicated as a region of exceptionally swift movements, such as would result from the presence of a gigantic, though possibly obscure, ruling body, but that a community of extremely sluggish movements undoubtedly existed in and near the group of the Pleiades, where, accordingly, he placed the center of gravity of the Milky Way the bright star halcyon thus became the central sun but in a purely passive sense its headship being determined by its situation at the point of neutralization of opposing tendencies and of consequent rest by an avowedly conjectural method the solar period of revolution round this point was fixed at eighteen million two hundred thousand years the scheme of sidereal government framed by the Dorpat astronomer was, it may be observed, of the most approved constitutional type, deprivation rather than increase of influence accompanying the office of chief dignitary. But while we are still ignorant, and shall perhaps ever remain so, of the fundamental plan upon which the galaxy is organized, recent investigations tend more and more to exhibit it, not as a monarchical, so to speak, but as federative. The community of proper motions detected by Modler in the vicinity of the Pleiades may accordingly possess a significance altogether different from what he imagined. 
Bessel's so-called foundation of an astronomy of the invisible now claims attention. His prediction regarding the planet Neptune does not belong to the present division of our subject. A strictly analogous discovery in the sidereal system was, however, also very clearly foreshadowed by him. His earliest suspicions of non-uniformity in the proper motion of Sirius dated from 1834. They extended to Procyon in 1840, and after a series of refined measurements with the new Repsode circle, he announced in 1844 his conclusion that these irregularities were due to the presence of obscure bodies round which two bright dog stars revolved as they pursued their way across the sphere. He even assigned to each an approximate period of half a century. I adhere to the conviction, he wrote later to Humboldt, that Procyon and Sirius form real binary systems, consisting of a visible and an invisible star. There is no reason to suppose luminosity is an essential quality of cosmical bodies. The visibility of countless stars is no argument against the invisibility of countless others. An inference so contradictory to received ideas obtained little credit until peters found in eighteen fifty one that the apparent anomalies in the movements of sirius could be completely explained by an orbital revolution in a period of fifty years bessel's prevision was destined to be still more triumphantly vindicated on the thirty first of january eighteen sixty two while in the act of trying a new eighteen inch refractor mr alvin g clark one of the celebrated firm of American opticians, actually discovered the hypothetical Syrian companion and the precise position required by theory. It has now been watched through nearly an entire revolution, period of 49.4 years, and proves to be very slightly luminous in its proportion to its mass. Its attractive power, in fact, is nearly half that of its primary, while it emits only one ten-thousandth of its light. Sirius itself, on the other hand, possesses a far higher radiative intensity than our sun. It gravitates, admitting Sir David Gill's parallax of 0.38 minutes to be exact, like two suns, but shines like twenty. Possibly is much distended by heat, and undoubtedly its atmosphere intercepts a very much smaller proportion of its light than in stars of the solar class. As regards Procyon, Visual verification was awaited until November 13, 1896, when Professor Charborough, with a great lick refractor, detected the long-sought object in the guise of a 13th magnitude star. Dr. C's calculation showed it to possess one-fifth of the mass of its primary, or rather more than half of that of our sun. Yet it gives barely one twenty thousandth of the sun's light, so that it is still nearer to total obscurity than the dusky satellite of Sirius. The period of forty years assigned to the system by ours in 1862 appears to be singularly exact. But Bessel was not destined to witness the recognition of the invisible as a legitimate and profitable field for astronomical research. He died March 17, 1846, just six months before the discovery of Neptune, of an obscure disease, eventually found to be occasioned by an extensive fungus growth in the stomach. The place which he left vacant was not an easy one to fill.
his life's work might truly be described as epoch-making rarely indeed shall we find one who reconciled with the same success the claims of theoretical and practical astronomy or surveyed the science which he had made his own with a glance equally comprehensive practical and profound the career of friedrich georg wilhelm struve illustrates the maxim that science differentiates as it develops he was while much besides a specialist in double stars his earliest recorded use of the telescope was to verify herschel's conclusion as to the revolving movement of castor and he never varied from the predilection which his first observation at once indicated and determined he was born at altona of a respectable yeoman family april fifteenth seventeen ninety three and in eighteen eleven he took a degree in philology at the new russian university of dorpat he then turned to science was appointed in eighteen thirteen to a professorship of astronomy and mathematics and began regular work in the dorpat observatory just erected by parrot for alexander the first it was not however until eighteen nineteen that the acquisition of a five-foot refractor by troughton enabled him to take the position angles of double stars with regularly intolerable precision the resulting catalogue of seven hundred and ninety-five stellar systems gave the signal for a general resumption of the herschelian labors in his branch the resulting catalogue of seven hundred and ninety-five stellar systems gave the signal for a general resumption of herschelian labors in this branch his success so far and the extraordinary facilities for observation afforded by the fraunhofer achromatic encouraged him to undertake february eleventh eighteen twenty five a review of the entire heavens down to five degrees south of the celestial equator which occupied more than two years and yielded from an examination of above a hundred and twenty thousand stars a harvest of about two thousand two hundred previously unnoticed composite objects the ensuing ten years were devoted to delicate and patient measurements the results of which were embodied in mensura micrometrica published at st petersburg in eighteen thirty seven this monumental work gives the places angles of position distances colors and relative brightness of three thousand one hundred and twelve double and multiple stars all determined with utmost skill and care the record is one which gains in value with the process of time and will for ages serve as a standard of reference by which to detect change or confirm discovery it appears from struve's researches that about one in forty of all stars down to the ninth magnitude is composite but that the proportion is doubled in the brighter orders this he attributed to the difficulty of detecting the faint companions in very remote orbs it was also noticed both by him and bessel that double stars are in general remarkable for large proper motions struve's catalogue included no star of which the components were more than thirty-two minutes apart because beyond that distance the chances of merely optical juxtaposition become considerable but the immense preponderance of extremely close over as it were loosely yoked bodies is such as to demonstrate their physical connection even if no other proof were forthcoming 
many stars previously believed to be single divided under the scrutiny of the Dorpat refractor, while in some cases one member of a supposed binary system revealed itself as double, thus placing the surprised observer in the unexpected presence of a triple group of suns. Five instances were noted of two pairs lying so close together as to induce conviction of their mutual dependence, besides which, 124 examples occurred of triple, quadruple, and multiple combinations, the reality of which was open to no reasonable doubt. It was first pointed out by Bessel that the fact of stars exhibiting a common proper motion might serve as an unfailing test of their real association into systems. This was, accordingly, one of the chief criteria employed by Struve to distinguish true binaries from merely optical couples. On this ground alone, 61 Cygni was admitted to be a genuine double star, and it was shown that although its components appeared to follow almost strictly rectilinear paths, yet the probability of their forming a connected pair is actually greater than the sun rising tomorrow morning. Moreover, this tie of an identical movement was discovered to unite bodies far beyond the range of distance, ordinarily separating the members of binary systems, and to prevail so extensively as to lead to the conclusion that single do not outnumber conjoined stars more than twice or thrice. In 1835, Struve was summoned to the Emperor Nicholas to superintend the erection of a new observatory at Polkawa near St. Petersburg, destined for the special cultivation of sidereal astronomy. Boundless resources were placed at his disposal, and the institution created by him was acknowledged to surpass all others of its kind in splendor, efficiency, and completeness. Its chief instrumental glory was a refractor of fifteen inches aperture by Mertz and Mahler, Fraunhofer's successors, which left the famous Dorpat telescope far behind, and remained long without rival. On the completion of this model establishment, August 19, 1839, Struve was installed as its director, and continued to fulfill the important duties of the post with his accustomed vigor until 1858, when illness compelled his virtual resignation in favor of his son Otto Struve, born at Dorpat, 1819. He died November 23, 1864. An inquiry into the laws of stellar distribution, undertaken during the early years of his residence at Polkowa, led Struve to confirm, in the main, the inferences arrived at by Herschel as to the construction of the heavens. According to his view, the appearance known as the Milky Way is produced by a collection of irregularly condensed star clusters, within which the sun is somewhat eccentrically placed. The nebulous ring which thus integrates the light of countless worlds was supposed by him to be made up of stars scattered over a bent or broken plane, or to lie in two planes slightly inclined to each other our system occupying a position near the intersection. He further attempted to show that the limits of this vast assemblage must remain forever shrouded from human discernment, owing to the gradual extinction of light in its passage through space, and sought to confer upon this celebrated hypothesis a definiteness and certainty far beyond the aspirations of its earlier advocates, Chesot and Olbers. 
but arbitrary assumptions vitiated his reasonings on this as well as on some other points in his special line as a celestial explorer of the most comprehensive type sir william herschel had but one legitimate successor and that successor was his son jean frederick william herschel was born at slough march seventeenth seventeen ninety two graduated with the highest honors from st john's college cambridge in eighteen thirteen and entered upon legal studies with a view to being called to the bar but his share in an early compact with peacock and babbage to do their best to leave the world wiser than they found it was not thus to be fulfilled the acquaintance of dr wollaston decided his scientific vocation already in eighteen sixteen we find him reviewing some of his father's double stars and he completed in eighteen twenty the eighteen-inch speculum which was to be the chief instrument of his investigations soon afterwards he undertook in conjunction with mr later sir james south a series of observations issuing in the presentation to the royal society of a paper containing micrometrical measurements of three hundred eighty binary stars by which the elder herschel's inferences of orbital motion were in many cases strikingly confirmed a star in the northern crown for instance eta crona had completed more than one entire circuit since its first discovery another tau ophiakai had closed up into apparent singleness while the motion of a third xi ursa majoris in an obviously eccentric orbit was so rapid as to admit of being traced and measured from month to month it was from the first confidently believed that the force retaining double stars in curvilinear paths was identical with that governing planetary revolutions but that identity was not ascertained until savory of paris showed in eighteen twenty seven that the movements of the above-named binary in the great bear could be represented with all attainable accuracy by an eclipse calculated on orthodox gravitational principles with a period of fifty-eight and one-quarter years ink followed berlin with a still more elegant method and sir john herschel pointing out the uselessness of analytical refinements where the data were necessarily so imperfect described in eighteen thirty two a graphical process by which the aid of the eye and hand was brought in to guide the judgment in a case where judgment only and not calculation could be of any avail improved methods of the same kind were published by dr c in eighteen ninety three and by dr burnham in eighteen ninety four and our acquaintance with stellar orbits is steadily gaining precision certainty and extent in eighteen twenty five herschel undertook and executed with great assiduity during the ensuing eight years a general survey of the northern heavens directed chiefly toward the verification of his father's nebular discoveries the outcome was a catalogue of two thousand three hundred and six nebulae and clusters of which five hundred and twenty five were observed for the first time besides three thousand three hundred and forty seven double stars discovered almost incidentally strongly invited as he tells us himself by the peculiar interest of the subject and the wonderful nature of the objects which presented themselves he resolved to attempt the completion of the survey in the southern hemisphere with this noble object in view 
he embarked his family in instruments on board the mount stuart elphinstone and after a prosperous voyage landed at cape town on the sixteenth of january eighteen thirty four choosing as the scene of his observations a rural spot under the shelter of table mountain he began regular sweeping on the fifth of march the site of his great reflector is now marked with an obelisk and the name feldhausen has become memorial in the history of science for the four years work done there may truly be said to open the chapter of our knowledge as regards the southern skies the full results of herschel's journey to the cape were not made public until eighteen forty seven when a splendid volume results of astronomical observation made during the years eighteen thirty four through eight at the cape of good hope embodying them was brought out at the expense of the duke of northumberland they form a sequel to his father's labors such as the investigations of one man may have rarely received from those of another they form a sequel to his father's labors such as the investigations of one man have rarely received from those of another what the elder observer did for the northern heavens the younger did for the southern and with generally concordant results reviving the paternal method of star gauging he showed from a count of two thousand two hundred ninety nine fields that the milky way surrounds the solar system as a complete annulus of minute stars not however quite symmetrically since the sun was thought to lie somewhat nearer to those portions visible in the southern hemisphere which display a brighter lustre and a more complicated structure than the northern branches the singular cosmical agglomerations known as the magellanic clouds were now for the first time submitted to a detailed though admittedly incomplete examination the almost inconceivable richness and variety of their contents being such that a lifetime might with great profit be devoted to their study in the greater nebecula within a compass of forty-two square degrees herschel reckoned two hundred and seventy-eight distinct nebula and clusters besides fifty or sixty outliers and a large number of stars intermixed with diffused nebulosity in all nine hundred nineteen catalogued objects and for the lesser cloud two hundred and forty four yet this was only the most conspicuous part of what his twenty foot revealed such an extraordinary concentration of bodies so various led him to the inevitable conclusion that the nebulae are to be regarded as systems sui generis and which have no analogues in our hemisphere he also noted the blankness of surrounding space especially in the case of nebicula minor the access to which all sides he remarked is through a desert as if the cosmical material in the neighborhood had been swept up and garnered in these mighty groups of southern double stars he discovered and gave careful measurements of two thousand one hundred and two and described one thousand seven hundred and eight nebulae of which at least three hundred were new the list was illustrated with a number of drawings some of them extremely beautiful and elaborate sir john herschel's views as to the nature of nebula were considerably modified by lord rossi's success in resolving with his great reflectors a crowd of these objects into stars 
his former somewhat hesitating belief in the existence of phosphorescent matter disseminated through extensive regions of space in the manner of a cloud or fog was changed into a conviction that no valid distinction could be established between the faintest wisp of cosmical vapor just discernible in a powerful telescope and the most, most brilliant and obvious cluster he admitted however an immense range of possible variety in the size and mode of aggregation of the stellar constituents of various nebulae some might appear nebulous from the closeness of their parts some from their smallness others he suggested might be formed of discrete luminous bodies floating in a long luminous medium while the annular kind probably consisted of hollow shells of stars that a physical and not merely optical connection unites nebulae with the embroidery so to speak of small stars with which they are in many instances profusely decorated was evident to him as it must be to all who look as closely and see as clearly as he did his description of number two thousand ninety three in his northern catalogue as a network or tracery of nebula following the lines of a similar network of stars would alone suffice to dispel the idea of accidental scattering and many other examples of a like import might be quoted the remarkably frequent occurrence of one or more minute stars in the close vicinity of planetary nebulae led him to infer their dependent condition and he advised the maintenance of a strict watch for evidences of circulatory movements not only over these supposed stellar satellites but also over the numerous double nebulae in which as he pointed out all the varieties of double stars as to distance position and relative brightness have their counterparts he moreover investigated the subject of nebular distribution by the simple and effectual method of graphic delineation or charting and succeeded in showing that while a much greater uniformity of scattering prevails in the southern than in the northern heavens a condensation is nevertheless perceptible about the constellations pisces and cetus roughly corresponding to the nebular region in virgo by its vicinity within twenty degrees or thirty degrees to the opposite pole of the milky way he concluded that the nebulous system is distinct from the sidereal though involving and perhaps to a certain extent intermixed with the latter towards the close of his residence at feldhausen herschel was fortunate enough to witness one of those singular changes in the aspect of the firmament which occasionally challenges the attention even of the incurious and excite the deepest wonder of the philosophical observer immersed apparently in the argo nebula is a star denominated etas carinia when halley visited st helena in sixteen seventy seven it seemed of the fourth magnitude but lucal in the middle of the following century and others after him classed it as of the second in eighteen twenty seven the traveller burchell being then at st paul near rio de janeiro remarked that it had unexpectedly assumed the first rank a circumstance the more surprising to him because he had frequently when in africa during the years eighteen eleven to eighteen fifteen noted it as only of the fourth magnitude this observation however did not become generally known until later 
herschel on his arrival at feldhausen registered the star as a bright second and had no suspicion of its unusual character until december sixteenth eighteen thirty seven when he suddenly perceived its light to be almost tripled it then far outshone rigel in orion and on the second of january following it very nearly matched alpha centauri from that date it declined but a second and even brighter maximum occurred in april eighteen forty three when mcclear then director of the cape observatory saw it blaze out with a splendor approaching that of sirius its waxings and wanings were marked by curious trepidations of brightness extremely perplexing to theory in eighteen sixty three it had sunk below fifth magnitude and in eighteen sixty nine was barely visible to the naked eye yet it was not until eighteen years later that it touched a minimum of seven point six magnitude soon afterwards a recovery of brightness set in but was not carried very far and the star now shines steadily as of the seventh magnitude its reddish light contrasting effectively with the silvery rays of the surrounding nebula an attempt to include its fluctuations within a cycle of seventy years has signally failed the extent and character of the vicissitudes to which it is subject stamping it rather as a species of connecting link between periodic and temporary stars among the numerous topics which engaged herschel's attention at the cape was that of relative stellar brightness having contrived an astrometer in which an artificial star formed by the total reflection of moonlight from the base of a prism served as a standard of comparison he was able to estimate the luster of the natural stars examined by the distances at which artificial objects appeared equally respective to each he thus constructed a table of one hundred and ninety-one principal stars both in the northern and southern hemispheres setting forth the numerical values of their apparent brightness relative to that of alpha centauri which he selected as a unit of measurement further the light of the full moon being found to him to exceed that of a standard star twenty-seven thousand four hundred and eight times and dr wollaston having shown that the light of the full moon is to that of the sun as one to eight hundred one thousand seventy two zoller made the ratio one to six hundred eighteen thousand it becomes possible to compare stellar with solar radiance hence was derived in the case of the few stars that ascertain distances a knowledge of real luster alpha centauri for example emits less than twice capella one hundred times as much light as our sun while arcturus at its enormous distance must display a splendor of one thousand three hundred such luminaries herschel returned to england in the spring of eighteen thirty eight bringing with him a wealth of observation and discovery such as had perhaps never been before amassed in so short a time deserved honors awaited him he was created a baronet on the occasion of the queen's coronation he had been knighted in eighteen thirty one universities and learned societies vied with each other in showering distinctions upon him and the success of an enterprise in which scientific zeal was tinctured with attractive flavor of adventurous romance was justly regarded as a matter of national pride
his career as an observing astronomer was now virtually closed and he devoted his leisure to the collection and arrangement of the abundant trophies of his father's and his own activity the resulting great catalogue of five thousand seventy nine nebulae including all then certainly known published in the philosophical transactions for eighteen sixty four is and will probably long remain the fundamental source of information on the subject footnote one twenty nine dr dreyer's new general catalogue published in eighteen eighty eight volume x l i x of the royal astronomical society's memoirs is an enlargement of herschel's work it includes seven thousand eight hundred and forty entries and was supplemented in eight hundred ninety five by an index catalogue of one thousand five hundred twenty nine nebulae discovered in eighteen eighty eight to eighteen ninety four but he unfortunately did not live to finish the companion work on double stars for which he had accumulated a vast store of materials the consideration of sir john herschel's cape observations brings us to the close of the period which we are now engaged in studying they were given to the world as already stated three years before the middle of the century and accurately represent the condition of sidereal science at that date looking back over the fifty years traversed we can see at a glance how great was the stride made in the interval not alone was acquaintance with individual members of the cosmos vastly extended but their mutual relations the laws governing their movements their distances from the earth masses and intrinsic lustre had begun to be successfully investigated begun to be for only regarding a scarcely perceptible minority had even approximate conclusions been arrived at nevertheless the whole progress of the future lay in that beginning it was the thin end of the wedge of exact knowledge the principle of measurement had been substituted for that of probability a basis had been found for large and strong enough to enable calculation to ascend from it to the sidereal heavens and refinements had been introduced fruitful in performance but still more in promise thus rather the kind than the amount of information collected was significant for the time to come rather the methods employed than the results actually secured rendered the first half of the nineteenth century of epochal importance in the history of our knowledge of the stars end of part one chapter two